Good morning. Atmosphere matters. Amen? Not just environment, atmosphere. Jesus was an environment with sick, people that would test him, people that would complain. He would be walking to one environment and someone would come and interrupt, and, but his atmosphere was from heaven. He said and did what the Father did. He functioned from a different atmosphere. Judas was in the environment of all the disciples, yet the atmosphere of his heart was evil. So I'm going to mention the entrance of Satan, then we're going to go right to God, because really, Jesus didn't worry about Satan. He did not get up going, what is Satan doing? He said, what is the Father doing? When you push, when you bring in the Father, Satan leaves. We're, we're too worried about what Satan's doing in the economy. We need to bring the atmosphere of heaven. When we were in prayer this morning, and let me just tell you guys a little bit about prayer, because I used to go to prayer, because so, we see ministers, and we never know the full stories. Reinhard Bonnke moves in great signs and wonders. He's with the Lord. Now, we didn't know that he just was preaching salvation, didn't think he can function in that. I used to go to prayer, pre-service prayer. And they had, uh, they had Jen, they had Janine, they had Jessica, and I would go and just listen because they would pray things that happened in church. They would pray and say things. And I felt like, okay, I, I'm not going to talk. I don't function in that. I don't flow in that. And so after Jessica moved, I felt like God says, knocking on my heart, go start prayer. So I started praying, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm praying things, and I'm hearing them, what we pray. And one of the things we prayed in pre-service prayer, and this is just so you guys can move, we can move from one position to another, is all things are possible. And Lena said it in worship. And what came out in prayer was not just all things are possible in signs, wonders, and miracles, but getting from the position that you've been in a long time and didn't think you could move, all things are possible to move from that position. So it's all of us, Amen. But atmosphere matters. The Bible says that the night before Jesus was crucified, it was, it was just picture the scene. There was hundreds of disciples, and he picked those to be 12 apostles. Jesus prayed all night, and then he picked them like fruit the next day. See, he didn't choose in the natural. Paul says, I see no man according to the flesh. He prayed all night, and the next day, he says, you're the, he, he, it was like fruit. Why? Because he does what the Father is doing. He didn't say, who's Satan attacking? Father, what do you want to do? So they're all there. All the disciples are there, and Jesus is washing their feet, and he washes the feet of Judas too. Judas is in the environment, but his atmosphere of his heart is dark. The Bible says Satan already prompted his heart to turn Jesus over because we've got to remember they didn't want to do it publicly because there was too many people that thought he was at least a teacher or a prophet, and they would have fought him. So they wanted to do it secretly. But the Bible says Satan already prompted his heart. Now, so Judas gave Satan the entrance. So when, Jesus dipped, when Judas dipped the food, the Bible says Satan entered Judas. See, here's the truth. Heaven has an agenda. The kingdom of God has an agenda, but it's looking for entrance into people. The kingdom of Satan has agenda, but it has agenda into people. You can have the greatest encounter. Ezekiel, the heavens ripped. He saw the throne of God, the chariots, the wheels, the first three chapters. God picked him up and put him, and he couldn't talk for seven days with some people. Then God said, open your mouth and speak for me. After that great encounter, God still needs vessels. Last week, Lena talked about Pensacola, the revival in Pensacola. The man that prophesied the revival in Pensacola, told, now I'm, I'm hearing John Kilpatrick. This is from the pastor. This is not second source. He says, he says, the man that prophesied revival, he says, you were not God's first choice. See, God wanted to bring revival. There's things that God wants to bring. He was just looking for entrance. But before John says, before, before the revival, before all this, 
he goes, God says, stop the Friday night service. I want to change it to a prayer meeting. And he goes, a lot of people didn't like it. Shocker. Anytime you shift something, you know, oh, we need to have it. But what they didn't know was God was looking for entrance. And John says, we had these flags. Pastor Kilpatrick said, we had all these flags around the church. And all of a sudden, people begin to congregate under the flag of revival. See, prayer is bringing entrance into heaven. Prayer is not trying to get God to do. See, God wants to bring revival. God wants to heal people. God wants to save people. There's things that are written in his word that we already know. Now, you can get neutral in prayer. There's things we don't know. You put your heart in neutral so God can shift you. It's not commanding. So they begin to pray under the, under the flag of revival. And then John Kilpatrick, he says, my mom died, and, and I was going through a hard time, and some other things I was kind of burned out a little bit. And he goes, he goes I've had Steve Hill many times. A lot of people didn't know this. He said, I go, I have Steve many times, and I trust Steve, and I was getting ready to, it was on Father's Day, I was getting ready to call. He goes, my hand was reaching for the phone, and I remembered, it's Father's Day, there's this little girl that loves me, and I'm going to give awards to fathers. I got to go for her. But, see, Steve Hill was carrying a different atmosphere that day because he was in a revival in Argentina, Carlos Anacondia. But, Steve says, there was another revival went to in Europe. It was a very traditional church, but they were in revival. So now Steve is coming with a different atmosphere. See, atmosphere nat- matters. We've had Steve many days. And John says, I heard a rumbling. I thought it was the AC. He goes, I felt wind through my legs, and they went like this. He goes, I thought, when it went like this, he goes, this is what we were believing for. He thought it was the AC. He goes, I almost missed it. And the man says, you were not God's first choice. See, heaven needs an entrance. See, when we open our hearts, so we're going to talk about atmosphere today, but I'm going to look at this, the parable of the sower, and we're going to focus only on the good seed. This morning, God says, only focus on the good seed, because when we focus on our changing our atmosphere, John, what are you saying? There are seeds in your heart right now that if the atmosphere of your heart changed, they would begin to grow. I'm not talking about anything added. No more hands. No more this. Those things are all good. We all want those. But I'm talking about right now, where you sit, there's seeds. If the atmosphere atmosphere changed, they would begin to push. See, we talked about the deep and the pressure. I'm not talking about bad pressure. I'm talking about heaven's pressure, pushing those things up. Some things you deal with and some things are growing. So there's Judas in the environment with all the others, but his atmosphere was dark. Satan, what gave, what gave Satan entrance into Judas's heart? Greed. Greed. Because he was prompted by greed. He went to the chief priest, and the Bible says, Judas says, what will you give me to turn him over? What will you give me to turn him over? So on the crucifixion, the night before the crucifixion, the Bible says Satan already, John, what's your point? That was not the idea of Judas. That was Satan's idea to turn him over. But he needed entrance in a heart, and he found one in Judas because of his greed. See, we need to shut off those entrances, but we can't focus on everything the devil's doing. If I give God entrance into every area of my life, it automatically pushes out what the devil's doing. It automatically pushes the seeds up. So we don't wake up and thinking, and I'm not going, God, what's Satan to do? God, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to think? How do you want me to function? The atmosphere of heaven, because atmosphere matters. Now, there's corporate atmospheres. I heard a minister one recently. He says, when I first started, he's a strong prophetic ministry. And uh, he says, when I first started, he goes, I walked in this, it was, I think it was a tent. And he goes, I could just feel the resistance. And he goes, how many people do not believe in the prophetic? He goes, so many hands went up, he's shocked. And he goes, that's why I'm sensing this. He goes, I pulled just five random people. I began to prophesy over them. They began to cry and shake, and it was true. And all of a sudden, I could feel faith rising. But the last guy I'm prophesying over, he's going like this. He goes, I could feel faith going down. Somebody in the back goes, I know him. Everything you're saying is true. There it goes, faith again. 
Now he doesn't have that. Why? Because he's known. Listen, friends, we are, if you walk with the atmosphere of heavens, we go by this, not what's in the room. We carry an atmosphere when you come in here. Worship brings an atmosphere. You can, and I can talk about all these corporate atmospheres and Pastor Lena and, and Pastor Zizi and Pastor Allen went to Dell Gentry, who I serve. And I know a lot of people think Dell's, you know, the prophetic is the strongest. Really, it's his praying. I used to go to his house, and I worked for a guy that would take care of his yard, and I'd go by myself, and I'd water the plants, and I could hear Dale praying in the Spirit, and he would pray for hours. The entire time I'm there, he's praying in the Spirit. They go to his house in Austin. They go into a certain room, and they could barely stand up. Why? Because of the atmosphere, not because of the couch or the painting, or he says it's his prayer room. It's because he actually prays, and when he prays, he brings entrance into heaven. Heaven is looking for entrance today. Satan found one in Judas. And, and, and God found one in Mary. See, he needed entrance. God needed to be born a man. He just didn't say poof. He needed somebody. And he said, Mary, you found favor with God. Why was there a finding? Because God was looking for someone to find favor with. And he found Mary. And what brought him entrance? According to your word, be it unto me. That's what brought entrance into heaven. That's what birthed Jesus. So there's Judas in the environment. But the atmosphere of his heart's dark. So I'm not just talking about environments. I'm talking about atmospheres. Amen? Let's read some scripture before you guys don't think I'm saved. <laughs> I'm going to read Luke 8, 11 through 15. We're going to read about the seeds, but we're going to... I already know I was going to preach on this, but God says focus on the good seed. It's not because we don't want to be negative or positive. It's because he wants to push those seeds in us up. He says, Jesus said, Jesus said. You can listen to a lot of words, people. Social media, pastors, friends. We need to go back to the word. Jesus said. Not some hip pastor, and I'm not against, I've heard some great mention. I'm not talking about what's a new movement, what's a new revival, what's Jesus said. Jesus, God, who was born in the flesh, who Mary found favor with, who brought him entrance, said, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. And now notice it said it had no root. Seeds have roots. When you scatter seed, it doesn't matter what angle you put it on. You could plant it like this on its side of this. There's a root and a shoot. The root goes down and the shoot goes up. The seeds in your heart, you do not have to worry about how it's going to come to pass. The root will go down and the shoot will go up if you change the atmosphere. Farmers don't have to set it a certain thing. He went, he went and sowed. doesn't matter how you lay the seed. How does the, they don't even know how the root goes down and the shoot goes up six feet in the earth. One to the sun, one to the earth. There's seeds in our hearts. If we change the atmosphere, the root will go down and the shoot will go up. And some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. I never really saw this till this morning when I felt led to read it again. It says, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. Sprang up, 
The Bible says we don't despise a day of small beginnings. God wants to spring up some things, and when you see it, don't go, oh, that's just a little joy. That's just a little hope. That's just a little. When it springs up, first it has to spring up. It's not a tree overnight. It's not a tree overnight. God wants to spring some things up in this service today. Some of the things that you have laid down, I'm talking in this service today while I'm preaching, not because I'm such a good preacher, but it's because he's such a good God. It's going to spring up. Increase and then produce, some 30, some 60, and some 100. Because this room is full of 30, 60, and 100-fold people, amen? But first it springs up. Jesus says, don't despise this baby. It's just a baby in a manger. It sprung up. Then it grew up, grew with favor in man. Then it produced. Amen? Some of the greatest runners, well, actually the greatest runners, marathon long-distance runners are from East Africa. You have Ethiopians and Kenyans. Really, if you look at the winning races, I looked at one race that was a, Top 27 runners, 20 were from Kenya. We're not talking large countries. Over 70% of the winners from Kenya are from, are from a, live in a 10%. The top population is in 10%. It's an area, and it's, a, it's called the Rift Valley. And they went there, and they studied it, and they tried to look at their diet, their DNA, and this. And I mean, obviously, but they've discovered it's because they run in a higher atmosphere. God wants us to run in a higher atmosphere with heaven's atmosphere. So when we run low, when they go to marathons, I heard one Kenyan say, when we run where you guys run, it feels like we are running downhill. Because here's why. When you are running with heaven and heaven's atmosphere, no matter what low situation you're in, it's easier than you try to do it on your own strength because you've already been running in heaven's atmosphere. So this article I'm reading from Canadian Runner online, I started looking at it, and this guy says, I, I run five days a week. I run I, I race in six to ten marathons, and he goes, but they have a camp in Kenya where you go for eight days, and you run with the Kenyans, and you get better, and you get better. He goes, it's a higher atmosphere. I'm not used to that higher atmosphere. But he went there to be better. He went there to increase. See, the farmers sow seeds to produce. When you produce, what is it? It's, it's actually results. It's fruit. It's evidence of what was planted. God wants evidence of what he's planted in you. He doesn't want to keep saying, you're a preacher, you're a preacher, you're a preacher, and there's no evidence. You're an evangelist, and I'm not talking just from the mic. I remember one time I, I tried with this evangelist, and every time we'd go to the same church, he says, you're an evangelist. You're, the guy didn't do nothing. No, God wants fruit. Every year I'd ask him. I didn't be mean. I'd go, Did you? no, you're an evangelist. See, God wants evidence, fruit of what he's planted in you. And he goes, so I would run. He goes, I was so far behind them. He goes, but the Kenyans would do two things. They would point to the ground. Like if I'm behind them, they would point to the ground, and they'd do this. They're saying you need to be here. You need to be here. The Holy Spirit today is saying, I want you here. I want you here. And he wants to scoop us up and put us next to him. Next to him. Because it's, like it's like a parent walking a child across. You're with the child. God is with us in every circumstance. But he also wants to bring us to a place like across the street where he wants us to be. Just because he's with you doesn't mean he wants you to stay there. Because he's with you, he wants to bring you to that place. He was with, he, Jesus was with them when they were fishermen. He was with them when they were messed up and asked stupid questions and let's build a tabernacle, let's do this, and it's not good for you to be on the cross. He was with them, but he was taking them to where he wanted them to be. So the Holy Spirit is pointing to the ground. I want you next to me where I want you. And he wants to scoop us up, not in a condemning way, not in a wrongful way, not in a, because we all got to look at our lives, amen? We don't, need, we don't need pitchfork Christians. What do you mean by that? Pitch everything back. Oh, that's for so-and-so, you know, this is for so-and-so. No, it's for me. This message is changing my life. It's changing my life. Atmosphere matters. And I was, some of you know, probably laugh at this, but I was preparing the message, and then 
uh, add into it, and then all of a sudden I turned on my uh, Apple podcast. And the first thing that came on was a podcast I was listening to. It was about families, and, you know, it's about marriages and families. And they have a lot of testimonies. I just love testimonies. And the, just the first three words were, the tongue matters. And I felt, well, that's for me. The tongue matters. So this lady was writing a book. She does a 30-day fast on the tongue. I ordered the book. I'm going to go on a 30-day fast of the tongue. Now, it's not to brag, and it's not to say, oh, after the 30 days, I want to on a 30-day fast. It's so after the fast is over, you're changed and different. Not that, oh, I just 30 days. 30 days, I talk, and I'm talking about a lifestyle. And I'm not a negative person, but I'm not saying everything he's telling me to say either. So it's atmosphere matters, and he's looking for entrance. The other day, I was leaving work, and, you know, I walk fast. I walk fast. I was, I, I'm a trainer at work, and I was training this, this, this uh, woman, and she, I go, here's the building, here's this. And I, <laughs> I, I go to the door, I open the door, like, and then let him in first. And I look back, she's like 20 feet back. And she's going like this. She goes, man, you walk fast. So I'm talking to this person, I'm getting ready to leave, and I'm in a hurry, I'm getting ready to walk away, and I just felt like, okay. God, I give you entrance, because the atmosphere of heaven, this conversation can be an entrance to your, and I give her a testimony of how my dad got saved. And we weren't even talking about salvation, and she just shook her head, and she goes, that is a powerful story. And later I was like, I was thinking, God, why would you have me share it? Because it's not just about salvation. It's I'm able to do answer prayer. I'm able to do what you don't think I can do. I can move. And so because I paused, I said, okay, I will bring entrance into the atmosphere of heaven. Jesus did it in a conversation. The woman at the well, she went from an outcast to an evangelist in one conversation because he brought the atmosphere of heaven. He just didn't focus on her sin. He focused on himself. I know what you do, but who, this is who I am. If you had this well, you wouldn't drink again. But what the religion does is you have five husbands, you're this, you're that, you need to get right. And Jesus said go and sin no more after he helped them. But he says, I'm the living water, amen? So the, the Kenyans run, Kenyan runners are champions because they run in a different atmosphere. And when we run with heaven, when we run in heaven's atmosphere, then anywhere else where we run is easy. And this is not about an easy life. You can be in the most difficult circumstances or environment, but the atmosphere of heaven, heaven needs entrance. And so going back to that revival in Pensacola, God needed entrance. Heaven has an agenda, and it wants to do something, but it's looking for entrance into earth. It's looking for people. So if they ask me, John, what is prayer? Prayer brings entrance for heaven. Prayer brings entrance for heaven. The Bible says, if you pray according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you have those things asked of you. See, God doesn't hear every prayer. I know that's a big shocker to you. If you pray according to his will, he hears you. He's not a genie. He's not a boss. He's not going to give you just the relationship you want or move where you want. We need to get neutral. And God, what, atm what atmosphere do you want me to bring and where? And so let me put it this way. He doesn't pay attention to every prayer. He knows people are praying, but he's not going to be moved by that. If we pray according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if he hears us, we have those things asked for us. It is his will that all are willing to be saved. It's his will all to be healed, amen? But there's an atmosphere in heaven, and it's just, in heaven there's no backbiting, there's no gossip, there's no putting down. In fact, when there was something that was against the atmosphere, it was thrown out. So when we function in that atmosphere, when we read the word, the word brings a different atmosphere, because I'm not just talking about the atmosphere in this church. Because when we have the atmosphere and we're changed and we have encounters, he, till, he still told Ezekiel, speak for me. I'm going to put you with the people. Now I need entrance to those people. Speak my words. Ezekiel saw a scroll. He ate a scroll. He had God's word. But his mouth still needed to be an entrance to open up. 
Jeremiah didn't want to open his mouth, but God didn't force it open. He just put a fire in her bones. He says, I can't shut up. God wants to put fire in some of us, bring some things back that have been laid low. Some of us used to pray for people, pray for souls, pray for this, but he's looking for entrance. And I'm not talking about just ministers. I'm going to use two examples today. One was a man by the name of Ray Alexander. Ray Alexander used to, he, he lived in Texas, and he used to work on the highways and fill potholes. And one of the guys, he'd witness to all these men and pray for him. And one of the guys goes, hey, can you tell me about it, more about Jesus? He said, come over tonight. So he's getting ready to leave. And his 16-year-old son, who just got his driver's license, said, Dad, where are you going? He goes, a man at work's going to talk to me about something. He didn't say something. He goes, can I drive you? He goes, you can, but you got to sit outside. So Ray Alexander's talking to Joe. Joe gets inside, and this is, goes inside, and Ray Alexander goes, would you like to receive Jesus? And he goes, no, I'm going to think about it. But the 16-year-old boy is sitting on the steps, and back then they didn't have AC, so the door is open. And the 16-year-old boy is hearing everything. And when he says, well, if you do ever want to receive Jesus, pray this, the 16-year-old boy prayed it. See, heaven's looking for entrance. The man inside didn't want to give God entrance, but the 16-year-old boy gave God entrance into his heart. Jesus says, I stand at the door at knock. What do you do? You open the front entrance, and he enters. He's not knocking the house. He's not, God's sovereign. He is sovereign. And in his sovereignty, he gave you choice. The only reason you have choice is because he sovereignly gave it. Think about it. You're made in his image. He chooses. He gave you choice. It's, it, it's perfect sense. So the so 16-year-old boy receives Jesus. He's the only one in his family that received Christ. He grows up, and he raises his family in the Lord. God is looking for entrance into families, nations, people. He gave, so he received Jesus. He raised his son in the Lord, and his son one day was at a family reunion. He told his grandpa, he says, Dad, Grandpa, you know, did you? He, he, the Lord was convicting me. He says, you want to receive Christ? And he goes, Ray Alexander. He goes, he goes a man. He goes, a man told me about Jesus years ago. I regret not receiving him. He, and the son goes, you can do it today. His grandson goes, you can do it today. He received Christ. So now this boy that was on the steps raised his family in the Lord, had a son. The son grew up to be a man. He, he was thinking, I wonder if Ray Alexander is still alive because the grandpa passed away because I want him to know he got saved. So Robert Morris is his name. Robert Morris was the son. And his grandpa was Joe Morris. See, God was looking for entrance. The grandpa didn't give him entrance, but the boy on the steps did. A teenager, a teenager. God is looking for entrance. See, here's the thing. God, why is it more good on the earth? Because God doesn't have entrance. He doesn't have entrance. There's people he's called to work with people in the dumps, but he doesn't have entrance. See, it's not what you want. It's what you want more. When you look at a menu in order, you're not just ordering what you want. You're ordering what you want more. And at the same time as you choose something, you're also choosing what you don't want. I want the 27-ounce ribeye, but what I want more is to save money. See, more things would be done if more of us would respond and give heaven entrance. That's just fact. There'd be more churches, preachers, missionaries, neighbors. So Robert Morris calls him up and he says, Ray, he goes, I just want to let you know. Do you remember Joe Morris? He goes, I sure do. He goes, I pray for him every day. See, you don't know where you are in the line. We always look at who's high, who's low, who's this, who's that. God's just looking for people. According to your word, be it unto me. Mary didn't go to Bible college. Women weren't respected in that day. It's true. They weren't even counted with the 5,000. And he says, Ray, I just want to let you know that when you were given the salvation message to Joe, 
my father was on the steps and he received Christ, he began to cry. And he goes, he raised me in the Lord. And he goes, I'm a pastor. And he goes, Ray, a lot of people have received Christ. And he goes, Ray, let me ask you a question. You pray for my Joe every day. He goes, yeah. He goes, I have a list of men I pray for. And when they get saved, I put a check by their name. That's the only one that doesn't have a check. And after I get off the phone, I'm going to go put a check. What was God looking for? Entrance. And he found it in a man that filled potholes with tar. See, where does God not have entrance with us? See, John, the tongue matters because if your atmosphere wants to change, I need your tongue. I need you to say everything I'm saying and not saying what I'm not saying because heaven brings life. doesn't mean I'm not going to be funny and joke around. I still have that, all that. But I want, John, it's not just about how, what we feel. There was another one. I'll give you another one. Two teenagers. I wasn't planning on this, but teenagers. A 14-year-old girl gets saved. She begins knocking on doors in her city. And she would say, God sent me to tell you about his love. Man slammed the door. Young man. He was studying to be a Buddhist priest. Ten days in a row. Finally, he goes, what do I need to do so that you never come back again? He was dying of tuberculosis. He was weak. Uh, he didn't want to keep going to the door. She goes, well, if you won't listen to me because I'm a girl, listen to God's word, what God says. So he, sat, he sits down. He starts reading Genesis 1.1. And so she's standing by the door. He just sits down and starts reading it in his chair. She sees a bucket of blood that he's been coughing in. She goes, is that yours? He goes, yes. She goes, I do not think you have time to read from the beginning. So she turns to the book of Matthew and leaves. The man, the man reads the book of Matthew. At the end of Matthew, he goes, Mr. Jesus, Mr. Jesus, if you're alive and you're God, you can forgive me my sins and you can heal me. If you heal me, I will tell everybody I know about you. He felt this warmth in his body, and he never coughed up any blood again. The city he was in, he found a, a missionary from an ed, Assemblies of God church that had a mission, so he went to the mission, and the man began to disciple him. Later, he became a pastor, and you guys probably know him as Dr. Yonggi Cho, largest church in the world ever, ever, over 800,000 people. He went on to be with the Lord. I wonder if the 14-year-old girl knew. Heaven knows. He was just looking for entrance. If Hannah was barren, barren, she gave God her barrenness, and God took the barrenness and took, why? Because God wanted a priest to reestablish what Eli and his sons lost. See, that was the agenda of heaven. That was far past what Hannah was praying. So he took, she goes, God, if you get me out of this barrenness, how many feel barren today in certain areas? God, I'll give you my barrenness, and she birthed Samuel. Then the Bible says she, he gave her other five kids, because you never give nothing to God without something back. She gave him five kids. Names aren't mentioned. Why? Because the... Samuel affected for the kingdom. The other one just affected Hannah. And God will give you blessings just for you, just because you enjoy it, fishing this. But there's things in the kingdom he wants, and he wants to take that barrenness and birth Samuel's. See, there's some enjoyment just for you, and God loves seeing you just get that enjoyment. But there's other things where deep calls to deep, and those seeds come up, and it's for the kingdom. It's not for your enjoyment. Some things are hard. Some things are tough. Some of you are going to go to countries, and they smell, and the people are dirty, and don't touch me. Some of those things are hard. But when those seeds come up, that was for the kingdom. See, Hannah, I need Samuel, priest, prophet. None of his words fell to the ground. Where did he come from? Barrenness, barrenness. The enemy would 
would always make fun of her. You're barren. You're barren. And Satan comes to you and says, that area will never produce. It'll never be here. But if you give God that barrenness, he can birth the kingdom of God through you. He can birth what's for the kingdom, not just for your enjoyment, not just for the TV shows. But what do you want more? It's not just what you want. What do you want more? Yes, there's people that want to be in church, but they want to be resting more. There's people that want to tithe, but they have a fear of giving more. It's not what you want. It's what you want more. And what you want more is what you're going to have in life. You can have more of God. There's lots of people that want to go to church, but they want an easier life more. There's a lot of people that want to go on the mission field to write books and sit on stage, but they don't want to pay the price. They want more to relax and rest. But God today is pushing up those seeds. We don't have to worry about what, what this fell, what this fell. If we're willing to give God the atmosphere of our heart, give him entrance into our heart, the atmosphere of our soil will change. And the same seed that was dormant will begin to grow. There's so many things. God doesn't need to put more seeds in you in other areas. He needs the areas that he's already given you. Business people, listen to me. He's looking for business people that will give him entrance, that will give him his business, not just a bigger house and a nicer car. Those things are for you. But there's Samuels he wants to birth through those businesses, orphanages and churches and young people that they come in and want to go on a mission trip, and you can just write a check. Dr. Yungi Cho. So there was the girl standing there, and there was the guy coughing blood, tuberculosis, and she didn't know he was going to be the pastor of a church over 800,000 people. Dr. Yungi Cho greatly used women. I wonder if it was because it was a 14-year-old girl. If you won't listen to me because I'm a girl, read this. I don't think you have time to read from the beginning. Friends, we don't have time to go back to the beginning and see what we dropped, what we put down, what we lost, what we did this. If we give our barrenness, if we give him entrance, I stand at the door and knock, and we see that as salvation. And this parable of the silver is actually about salvation, but it doesn't just stop there. Jesus doesn't come in and start rearranging everything and decorating everything. As the Holy Spirit comes in and goes, can I move this out? Can I put this in? And this doesn't belong here anymore, and we're going to expand. And some of you guys have been living in the same house you've invited Jesus in, and he wants to expand a new wineskin and push it out. So he wants to, the Holy Spirit wants to remodel. But many times we make decisions from trauma and loss and hurt and pain, and we react. And so we react, and so we move from where we were at to over here. But we've got to remember, like the Kenyans tell them, it's not a sprint. It's not, it's a long distance race. And so when you're on the sideline, the Holy Spirit can pick you up and put you back in the race so you can run again in the atmosphere. See, some of us are on the sidelines because of pain, loss, grief, sin. And we sit on the sidelines and we go, it's for everybody else and everybody thing. And I just, God, help my life, help my life. And he says, look, take, if you give me the area of barrenness, I can birth the kingdom through you. And you can run again back in the race. It's not, it's not a sprint. It's not a hundred yard dash. It's a marathon. And when Paul says, I finished the course, Paul didn't say, I finished your course and your course. Timothy, I ran your race. He says, I'm about to be taken up. Here's the baton. You run your race, which means when you're running, I'm not looking at where's everybody at. And the Holy Spirit is pointing to the ground and says, I want you here. You guys, listen to me. How many more sermons do we need to hear? Really? Before we give him entrance. Do you need another conference? Give me $1,000 and just pretend you're in a conference. Why? Because people go to those conferences and they pay that money and they travel. I was just at one and I love it. And I'll go to another one. I pay like $800 to go for three days and I'll go. 
but they go hungry and they go this and they go how. And Pastor Allen was leading worship one time and his, he felt a pool from the left and he opened his eyes. It was a pastor we know, Pastor Andre, about some people. When I say a pool, I mean heaven can feel when we're tugging down. Jesus could feel the pool when he was walking. See, they were all in the environment, but one lady pulled from a different atmosphere. They were all there who touched me. We're all touching you. No, 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 no. You're all going to church, but one's touching me. You're all worshiping me, but one's touching me. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says he was with the 11. Judas was no longer there, and they were all there. The Bible says they've worshiped, but some doubted. See, they were all in the environment, but it's the atmosphere of our heart. That word receive, when Jesus says the good seed receives, that word receives only used twice in the New Testament. I know our English words, they use receive many times, but it's twice. It comes from the word para, it means alongside. Just so we get the word Holy Spirit, paraclete. And it means to accept, and it also has an implication with joy. See, you can receive a bill and you can receive a check, but you're going to receive it in two different ways. So when Jesus says they receive the seed in the good ground, it means they receive it alongside them with joy. Thank you, God, for this seed. Thank you, God, for this word. Thank you, God, for that country you're going to give me, for that neighborhood you're going to give me, for that person you're going to give me. See, it's not just, a oh, doing great things. Heaven knows what's great. Let heaven define what greatness is to you. See, Peter wanted to find greatness to, to Jesus. See, the crowd is great. The cross is a failure. Jesus says, no, get behind me, Satan. Why? He says, you are mindful, not mindful of the things of heaven. You are mindful of the things of the earth. See, you got to know. See, we think, oh, Satan comes to steal a seed. We think it's just Satan in our mind. It's also people. People that want to give you low-level speaking. Low, and some of the people that know you the greatest are the ones that put you down. When I say put you down, they say, no, I don't see you doing that. Paul says, I know no man after the flesh. I'm not talking about people in here in our church. I'm talking about some of our family, people that know you because they know your past. But God doesn't just know your past and he's with you. He wants to take you where he is. And he's pointing to the ground. The Holy Spirit is pointing to the ground. And the Kenyans say, you need to be here. And the Holy Spirit says, I want you here. See, there's a difference. I want you here with me. And he wants to scoop you up and put you where he is. He's with you and he's there. So if you've been sidelined or if you've been stagnant, or if you've been dormant, you don't, you don't need me to lay hands on you. There's days for that. You don't need me to prophesy you, over you. There's days for that. And the people, well, I love prophecy. Ed Trout's coming. But friends, getting the word is the beginning. It's not the end. A sower went out to sow. I got a prophecy. There's people that go to the grave with prophecy. Reinhard Bunke said, he, who's, who, I mean, if you don't know who he is, he was, a, he was an evangelist moving in mighty signs and wonders. He said, I gave you two stories. Both were about salvation. He says, you know, miracles are great, but they're temporary. Because these bodies are temporary. He says, what good is it if a cripple gets up and walks right into hell? What good is it? See, salvation is eternal. So we cannot forget. We want revival. We want signs. We want wonders. We want miracles. But we also want lives changed that they give people their lives. It's not so, oh, I got a word at the epicenter. No, so my life was changed, and now that country burns in me. No, see, it's not just about getting more words, more seeds. If your soil's not good, I can give you a 1,000 seeds. But when your soil, the atmosphere changes, the seeds that are in you begin to sprout. And those seeds produce other seeds. Here's the truth. God's put seeds in us, and when those seeds bring fruit, there's fruit from those seeds that are going to go back in the soil that no man's going to give you. It's going to be with you and the Lord. But those seeds got to produce. The prophetic is just the beginning. Beginning. We know in part and say in part. Why? Because God has thoughts about everybody. 
He has good thoughts about everybody. So, Lord, I thank you today. The seeds that are in us, the ground that is in us, God, is good ground. And deep calls to deep. Last week I talked about the ocean, and now he began to sing about the deep. There's 80% of the oceans unexplored. It's called the deep. There's a certain level. There's no light. There's extreme temperatures, cold and hot, because the cracks through the earth. Three people have been on the bottom. It's over 30,000 feet deep. If you take uh, you know, Mount Everest and put it down, you have two miles. It's so deep. So, Lord, I thank you. Deep's calling to deep. There's seeds in us that are deep and you've forgotten we've walked on the ground we stopped on the ground we've said they've been planted they've been grown but deep calls to deep Lord I thank you for that revival in Pensacola started with prayer it didn't start with preaching Steve Hill was there many times but that Sunday he carried a different atmosphere because he went to Europe and he collected the atmosphere from heaven why because he was hungry he gave it entrance he spent money he went there he wasn't preaching there he wasn't writing a book there he wasn't selling product there he went there to receive the atmosphere to heaven and that Sunday the atmosphere was different. Steve Hill went many times. Some of you have went to the well many times and to the word many times, but I declare the Lord, bring up the seeds that have been dormant. Seeds are not dead, they're dormant. When you go to the store, there's seeds, Pastor Allen, sitting there, they're not dead, they're dormant. And those seeds are bringing depth of revival. You've eaten a scroll, and God says, I'm going to give you more scrolls. Not one, not two, there's more words. Front, back, you will speak my words, you will get up and declare. Sometimes you're just going to declare this is going to happen today. You're going to declare certain miracles are going to happen. They're going to happen. Why? Because you've gathered from Pastor Easy. See, Pastor Easy has names on his, his Bible too. It's not just about Robert Morris. He has names. He prayed. Prayer brings entrance to heaven. Prayer brings entrance to heaven. You sitting there with no music. No, oh, I'm going to make the atmosphere all nice and fuzzy. No, you make the environment of your heart warm for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we open the door. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And for some people, he knocks their entire life, and they never open. They never open for salvation. And then we open for salvation. We say, okay, Jesus, come in. You can sit here. Let me serve you this. You don't own the house. You don't have control. You can't move furniture. But you sit there, Jesus. And I'll tell you what I need. If we pray according to his will, but he's Savior and he's also Lord. So he gets up from that chair and says, I will no longer sit in that chair. His chair is on the throne. You can't have two people on the throne. It's not what you want, friends. It's what you want more. You don't get what you want in life. You get what you want more. When you look at a menu, when you order, you're also saying what I don't want. And when you choose more of God, you're also saying, I don't want the world. But if you say, come, Holy Spirit, enter every room, and I give you permission to rearrange, remodel. For some of the people, he's going to redo the foundation and break the house. It's amazing when people get saved, they get hungry, and they want to read. Pastor Lena, and they come and give me this book and give me this thing. But then we get old and mature, and then we start to think we know more than you, and we don't need those voices anymore. And we quit asking for the books and the links and the sermons, and we get full. Because just like a stomach, there's only so much room. I can't eat everything. Trust me, sometimes I want to. I can't. There's only so much room, and your life only has so much room. And what happens is they fill their life with other things, and there's no more room for what they initially had. Because with joy, they receive them. And then all of a sudden, trials and things, and then life gets, I don't feel him. Friends, it's not about feelings. I love feeling the Holy Spirit. But if you're going to live your life just on feelings, you're no different than the world. 
The world does that. They go to concerts to make them feel good. They want jobs to make them feel important. They want this to do this. Lord, we're, let us, we're willing to go to the dirty places, the barren places. So, Lord, any barren area you have in your life, just give it to God right now. And he can birth a Samuel through you. Fourteen years old, ten times the door was slammed, but she keeps coming back. If we pray according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if he hears us, we have what we ask. So Lord, I thank you heaven has an agenda. And right now the Holy Spirit's hovering and he's looking for entrance. He's looking for entrance. See, John Kilpatrick, you weren't God's first choice, but since you said yes, I will visit there because I desire to bring a revival. He desires to bring a revival in Fort Bend County. He does. And he will. With or without you, he will. With or without you, he will. With or without you, this word will be finished. The most famous preachers can fall and yet this word will be completed just as it is said. So Lord, I thank you for raising up who you want to raise up, birth what you want to birth, bless what you want to bless, light in fire what you want to light in fire, change what you want to change, move the furniture you want to move, lay the foundation you want to lay, say what you want to say, here's our tongue, here's our time, here's our life. Because what you feed on changes the atmosphere you live in. You feed on TV and this and that. I'm not even talking about pornography. I'm talking about what you feed on will feed the atmosphere you live in. And that seed is in the dark, and it can't find its way. But the root goes down, and the shoot goes up, and it pushes through the dirt. So, Lord, I thank you. You found a people that are willing to push through the dirt, push through when we don't see. See, the deep of the ocean is not explored much because there's no light. See, God, I'm only too willing to take the step where I can see the outcome. You will live a very minimal Christian life. And there's two, there's two judgments. There's the beam of seat of Christ where Christians' works are judged. We are not judged. Then there's a great white throne where sinners are judged. See, friends, there's a difference between you're judged and what you do is judged. And just like the good steward who says, give me a return. Some had five talents. Some had two talents. Some had one. Do not worry about the talents your neighbor has. Worry about what's in your hand. And it's interesting to me, the one with the one talent buried it. God's not going to miss it. I'm just going to bury this little bit I have. Just one guy that received Christ, just one. But the one guy went to one missionary and got discipled by one man. And that one man started one church. And that one church grew to over 700,000 people, even eight. And that one church was known for prayer and for using women. So, God, I thank you. We don't despise anything, any gender, any kids, any nations. See, heaven has an agenda. It's not an American agenda. And one thing about heaven and the atmosphere, it's not talking about the economy. It's not talking about who's on president. It's not talking about what this and the prices and this, all the things we talk about. Yes, you can discuss those things. But do not worry about those things because when you have heaven's agenda, then you're going to want to push through what heaven has for you. So either we're pushers or pushies. And here, you guys, it's not about today. It's about tomorrow. When the devil comes and says, did God really say? I have a word. And God says, yes, you have a word. There's many more words. But do I have entrance? God, I have a word. Do I have entrance? And Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And when we enter in, when he says you can enter in, front entrance, not the back door, not at night so no one can seize you. Front entrance. You can enter in and Holy Spirit have your way. I'm talking to me too. I order the book on the tongue, not so I can brag, not so no, it'll change my life. And that, you know, I preach different messages and some messages I, I've lived more and some messages. This message, I feel like it is changing my life. 
because I've sat on it for three weeks. So, Lord, I thank you for a changing of our lives, not just a tickling of our ears, not just to say, oh, I like that sermon. I like that preacher. I like that podcast. No, I love my Jesus. See, there's a difference between liking things and loving things. I like this. I like this. I accept this. You can have entrance here. God, you can have entrance in the area that I need fixed, but not the one I don't want fixed, not the one I want to keep. No, Holy Spirit, you could have entrance to every area, every broken place, any person that's sidelined from trauma, grief, loss, minimizing yourself. The Holy Spirit is saying it is not a dash, 100-yard dash. It is a marathon. Get back in the race because I want you next to me, paraclete next to. And we think it's next to him. It's also next to him. It's not just next to us. Amen? If you And those that receive the good ground. In the Greek, I'll end with this, and I really will end with this. Para, from, beside, near, and the second part is accept deliberately and readily. Receive kindly, and so to take oneself what is presented or brought by another. Means literally to receive or accept near or beside, and then to accept deliberately. Now, like, oh, here's the bill. Yes, thank you. I put this close to me. I put it beside me. When I walk out of here, it's still next to me, talking to me. You're going to do great things, Paul. It's still talking to you when you walk out of here. See, it's not just about the service. Oh, I like that sermon. Friends, listen, you can forget this sermon, but do not forget to give him entrance because he's going to want entrance tomorrow and then Tuesday and Wednesday. He's not just a Sunday morning God. He does not live in this building, and in many people, he doesn't fully live in their hearts. Revival is not for here. It is for the world. Four and a half million people in five years in Pensacola. And the first pastor said no. When you say no to God, you do not know what you're saying no to. The Holy Spirit prompted that 14-year-old girl to go knock on doors. He already knew the door would be slammed. When a door is slammed in your face, or you just go by open doors. I go through the open door and the closed door. No, God, every door you've told me to walk, if it's closed ten times, I keep knocking. Because it's too valuable behind there. Some of you are going to do very hard things that's going to take a lot of money. And you can do one or two things. You can go, what's the economy or what's his economy? I live in a different atmosphere. God sent one of your favorite teachers, Pastor Lena, one of mine, Rick Renner. He goes, I had a great ministry in the United States, prosperous. And God said, go to Russia. It was during the Cold War. He says, God, there's no money there. Go there, start a church. Many churches, many Bible colleges where there's no money. No, you go there, I will provide, even through its widow. It may not be what you like, but it's from me. God, how are the people, the orphans going to get filled? How are the dumps, the kids that live in the dumps, going to get an education? How is the church going to get into the building? I'm looking for entrance, John. I'm looking for entrance, and it's not just salvation. Jesus, sit here. You can bring me to heaven. See, the more of heaven that you live in, the more you want others to have heaven. Lord, I just thank you for the people that have thought they've put everything down. I just thank you for our seniors and our older people, God. I just bless them. I know we talk a lot about young people and revival. Listen, friend, it doesn't happen unless there's seasoned, wise people. So I thank you. There's no one here just going to look, going to watch. I thank you for the seeds in their heart growing to great trees to bring fruit. If you let that seed grow up, it'll make a tree, and that tree has fruit that didn't come from a prophet or anyone else, and those seeds will fall to the ground on good ground. If you change the atmosphere of the soil of your heart, every seed that's been dormant will begin to spring up up. Amen.